Welcome to the Millennial Man Podcast. So it's been a while since I've recorded, and I, since I've recorded, and it's um, it's just been busy. Been had a, had a lot of stuff I've had to get done. Um, had to help my my parents move. They they bought a new place, moved everything. We had to build them a new fence. We had to build them new chicken pens. They have chickens. Um, why else would we build them chicken pens? Um, anyway, we had to do all that stuff. Move them over there. It took two or three weeks and that and so um didn't record during that time and then i just kind of i don't know i don't know why i didn't record but i didn't but now i'm back to it and uh with a three-part series so this series is going to be about something coming up in the future right in the near future and it's going to be about some be about on a topic that is one that everyone who is currently alive or is ever going to be alive is going to have to deal with forever and so it's something that we have to prepare for now so that it doesn't have a big negative effect on us in the future. And that's AI automation. Uh, AI automation. I can't say this word. It sucks. AI automation. I always want to say automation, which kind of, I guess, might be right, but I don't know. Anyway, automation. AI automation. Um, but before we get to that, just kind of give an update on what I've been doing, um, things like that. I have, uh, I think I'm down like another 10 pounds from the last time I recorded a podcast, which is nice. Um, I've been working out steadily, been doing everything that I want to do. Um, still, I still have a bit of headway to catch up on with the podcast, so I'm going to have to do a lot of them um, over the next eight months to be able to meet my 52-in-a-year goal, but that's fine. I don't mind putting the work in and, put, and doing the recordings. I have many different topics, many different episodes that I want to do, um, as, as well as this three-part series, as well as I'll be, I'll be talking about this in this podcast and towards the end. Um, there's some YouTube videos that I'm going to be creating and putting on the Millennial Man uh YouTube page, and so uh, I'll put a link to them in the description, uh, let me make a note of that, anyway, um, just basically YouTube videos on uh, certain things to do in order to prepare for AI automation, so um, let's see, oh, I've been working on my book that I wanted to do, I'm looking at my whiteboard, so like, like I said in the last episodes, what's on your whiteboard? I'm looking at my whiteboard just to make sure what I got here. Um, let's see where I've worked out. I've been working on my book. Um, and that's, I mean, that's pretty good. That's pretty close to what I've, I've wanted to be doing. So, um, I need to catch up with the podcast. I do, and I will be, uh, it doesn't scare me to put that work in and get those recordings in, but, um, let's dive right on it. So, what this series is going to be about is about AI automation, how it's going to affect our future, and what we can do what we can do today to prepare for it, and the things that I think we need to do to make sure that AI, autom- AI automation, and I'm going to say that, I'm going to screw that word, those words up a lot, that AI automation is not going to hurt us irreparably in the future right so the first one the first thing that we're going to look at is what is this going to do right what does ai automation mean to you so for those of you who don't know what this means is basically computer learning to where um machines or robots or however you want to phrase it can do the jobs that humans currently do 
Um, big examples of this are going to be, you know, trucking, grocery store clerks. I mean, if you look around your neighborhood, you can see them already. I mean, you go to a McDonald's, right? And and I don't know if, if all of them have it, but I know here a couple of the ones around where I live have it. Where you walk up, you can order whatever you want off the little iPad that they have there, and then they bring your food out. So you don't have to, there, there are no more clerks. You go to a grocery store, and you have your self-checkout line. I have a grocery store that just opened up down, well, I shouldn't say just, it's been about a year. It opened up uh, not even a mile from me, and they have three it's a walmart and they have three real cashiers three human cashiers people and the rest are just self-checkouts you know have eight or ten self-checkouts for people and that's the way we're going we're going to an automated world and it's not just going to be you know the the jobs that you get out of high school it's going to be bigger jobs i mean all call center work i mean most of it at this point has been outsourced outside of the country there's very there's a drastically smaller amount than ever used to be in the country now, but even the people that are out of the country will be will start to lose jobs because these AI automation tools have gotten to the point where it's it's almost as good as talking to a human as far as being able to tell if it's a pre-recorded message or not. Um, a big one, and the the one that I'm really focused on right now, and that really um, worries me a little bit are the driving jobs because there's there's a hundred and let me see 30 million people I'm sorry give me just one second I can't find the the exact number I had them written down I'm trying to find them now anyway there's a lot of people in the US that work in the in the transportation industry, right? And that's not just, um, that's not just, you know, driving a cab, but that's also hauling and, you know, 18 wheelers. And, you know, you might see a, a dump truck driving in your area because they're, they're bringing dirt somewhere or trash trucks or, um, as simple, as simple as, as any, anything that you have that, that a person does, where they drive someone, someone or something to and from a destination, that's going to be gone. We already see people like Tesla and um, a very and a few other companies that are doing self-driving vehicles. Uh, though, for those of you who don't know, Uber has a standing order for self-driving cars. Uh, for for whoever can bring them the first self-driving trucks, a fleet of them, they have a standing order for them. So. These things, and and this is going to happen in the next 10 years. I mean, this isn't something that's going to happen in 30 years. The estimation is that between 18 to 25% of all jobs, all jobs, that's not 18 to 25% of uh, driving jobs or call center, all jobs, 18 to 25% of all jobs will be gone in the next 10 years because we've been able to transfer those over to a machine learning program. So, when we're talking about that, let's think about those numbers, right? It's 156 million people that work in the United States, and this is—I'm just talking about the U.S. because it's—it's it's more familiar to me. I didn't do a lot of dive into the rest of the world. I'm sure there's going to be a, a giant impact globally, but for my examples, I've done basically just the U.S. But in the U.S., there's about 156 million people. So, 
if we take that and we say just 20% of those, not even 20%, let's just, let's go ahead and say the 18%, 18% of these 156 million people are out of a job in 10 years. That means 30 million people are unemployed. 30 million people don't have jobs, don't have an income, don't have any way to support their families, don't have any way to move forward. I mean, there's a lot of things that come with losing that job. So now these people don't have income. What do we do about these people? Are, Are we some of those people? Well, yeah. One of the, one of the things that I do is I, I have a handyman business where I work with my dad, and I also do some um, real estate investing and other things. Anyway, that's a different podcast, different different um, topic. But because of what I do, a lot of a lot of my avenues for income will stay around because I've designed a lot of my life to make sure that. I am able to continue doing it no matter what happens, whether it's economic or uh, scientific like this or anything like that. I, I've, I've designed my life to make sure that happens. But you have people like, for instance, even my wife, she is, she has, she's in the IT field. And while I don't think that's going to, those jobs are going to go away in the next 10 years, but I mean, 20, 25, I mean, at some point, we're going to create the robot that can fix the robots, right? And once the robot can fix the robots, we don't need people to fix the robots. So, um, but the the biggest thing is I have, a, like I said, I have a handyman business, so I'm able to to really skate around automation, just because it's going to be it's it's very difficult at this moment uh, to have a machine come to someone's house figure out, you know, whatever their problem is and then fix it in the current scheme of the way we have have houses and um, the way our our neighborhoods are designed and everything else. It, it's going to take a much larger amount of time to replace that job than it is um, someone who, who drives for Uber or someone who um, does call center work or, or whatever the case may be. So, but it, whatever the case is, 30 million people are going to be without work. So what does this mean? This this is going to mean that we're going to have a lot more depressed people. Um, the, we already have an increase in suicide rate amongst middle-aged males. And the reason I say middle-aged males is because that's the brunt of the population that's going to be removed from the workforce, right? So the we've already we already see that middle-aged white males and now i don't have i have the rest of the statistics but it was it's actually much smaller for any other gen for any other gender or for any other race but middle-aged white males account for 78 percent of all suicides and a majority of those middle-aged males were from 50 or 45 to 54 years old right so middle-aged men account of middle-aged white men i'm sorry account for probably about 65 percent of all suicides in the united states why let's think about that for a second we've had a lot of jobs leaving the country right we had we see gm just got rid of 3500 jobs 3m is getting rid of 2000 jobs and these are all u.s-based jobs that are going away um we have 
many businesses switching their production facilities either to Mexico or over to China or to any of these other places, and we're, we're constantly losing work for these people. And even though there are things in place to be able to help people, you know, make an income while they are um, out of work, you still have people in that generation feeling as if what they've done for their entire life and the knowledge that they've gained and the education that they've gotten through their entire life, whether that's in the the manufacturing realm or if that's uh, or, or whatever the case may be, it doesn't matter these people feel like what they have worked at their entire lives is now gone away and they're left with nothing and they feel useless. Right. And that's what we have to change about people. And we have to change about our society because we can't have 30 million people feeling useless and sitting on their couches and, you know, eating bags of chips and eating tubs, of ice cream and whatever the case may be. Because if we have that happen, then we just create more and more and more depression, more and more and more suicide, more and more outrage, more and more things that we just don't want to have. But there, there's some things that we can do to change this, right? You know, men especially, and especially men in the millennial generation and older, right? Younger, younger kids coming up now. The pressure is going to be off a little bit from them, but we have been taught that it's our responsibility to provide provide for our family. So when we're unable to provide for our family, you get depressed. When you're unable to, you know, take those responsibilities as your own, that you get depressed. It's it's what happens when when people are removed from their industry or they they become employed unemployed the stress of not having a job and not having skills to move to another job because you've done that same thing for your entire life that's what you're in but now all of those jobs are gone all of those jobs are gone i'm sorry that my i've got some sinus issues so if i sniffle i apologize but all of those jobs are gone now where where do you go? What do you do? I mean, the stress of not being able to provide for your fam, provide for your family, or the 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 stress from the outside world if you need to have some type of assistance, the 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 stress and the contempt from other people, it really really hits home for a lot of people, and it's not just men, but the statistics show that. Men take it the hardest. Uh, now, I don't know if that's because of a social stigma. I don't know if that's just the way, you know, genetically men are wired. I, I'm not a scientist. I can just report what the data is and how we can move and maybe fix it. Maybe be able to nudge ourselves in the right direction so that we can make small steps every day in order to prepare ourselves so that when this automation hits... We're not just stuck, right? We don't want to be stuck. We want to be in a place where this should be a good thing. Robots taking over jobs and being able to do all of our work for us, this should be a good thing. We shouldn't be dreading having you know things take over the menial tasks that we have to do every day to make money. We should be happy about it accepting it and being able to move into other areas of either social development or personal development or different areas of of creativity we should be able to do those things and move on happily 
knowing that these other menial jobs that we don't have to do anymore, we don't have to drive ourselves around anymore. We don't have to talk to a person. We, we don't have to answer the phone to fix somebody's computer. Somebody, a, a machine is doing that for us. We don't have to ring up someone's groceries. A machine's doing that for us. That should be a good thing. These should be good things that are happening. But the problem is the way we have society designed, it's not a good thing. The way we have our economy designed, it's not a good thing. The way we have our, 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 the way that we reward people socially is not going to be a good thing. So we have to be able to fix this and we have to be able to move forward. The, one of the biggest things that we have to figure out how to get around to social media, right? Because social media shows the most skewed version of a person's reality. No one ever posts the bad shit about in their life. Well, I shouldn't say that. I have some family that definitely post the bad shit about their life, and it's annoying. But most people, well, they're they're not going to show you their daily grind. You know, their nine to five. They're going into a job that they hate, but they'll show you the vacation that they took in the at the end of the year because of that job. They're not going to show you. You know, their kid that throws temper tantrums when they have to go to bed. But as soon as that kid walks, or as soon as that kid says a word, or as soon as that kid does anything of greatness, you're going to see it. But you're not going to see the bad parts. They're not going to. They're not going to display that. They're not going to display the part where you know your son hits your daughter because they were fighting over a toy. They're not going to put that online. But. You can be guaranteed if the kid, if, if your son brings the toy to your daughter and just gives it to her, they're going to record that. They're going to post it online because that's a good kid. But the other kid, well, that was that was just a fluke accident. That never happens, right? People only show what they want you to see on social media, and we have to get people to realize that these social media stars and these Instagram models and these people that seem like their lives are just absolutely perfect. They're not. Their lives are the exact same as all of us. They just know how to frame their li- the, the good parts of their life and post them online to make you be able to look at it. Or to make you look at it, not be able to look at it. You can look at anything, but to make you want to look at it. So how do we take that perspective and be able to frame the good things in our lives and make sure that we point those out in our brain every day, right? Instead of waking up and dreading that you have to go to work, wake up and be happy that you have a job and that you're going to be able to take a vacation at the end of the year. And if you can't take a vacation at the end of the year and and you don't, maybe for some reason, you know, finances are tight and the job that you have is not the one that you want you know you there's something good that you can focus on there's something good in your life the struggle is a good thing the struggle is a good thing it's it's a good thing to have to work hard it's a good thing to put the work in it's a good thing to not always be comfortable and there are going to be times in your life where you're going to hate your job change it there are going to be times where you're not going to get the promotion that you think that you that you wanted to get. Too bad. That happens. Gives you more time to get better, gives you more time to prepare to be able to get that job. You have to be able to take a negative situation, find the good in it, 
and frame it in that way in your head. Now, what I already see people doing, and I already hear people doing this, is anything bad that comes your way, you're just going to skew it some other way and say it's not your fault. That That's not what I'm saying. If you do something wrong, and if you do something that causes harm to other people, or not necessarily even harm, if you do something that you shouldn't have done, or you make a mistake, it doesn't mean just wash over it and don't think about it and keep going. I What I'm saying is don't dwell on it. Fix the problem, correct the issue, and move on. There's no reason to dwell on it. Don't, don't dwell on a bad decision. Don't dwell on a mistake. Fix it, move on. Um, but that's what we have to look at with social media is we have to be able to take the thought that goes into social media, the framing your life in a good way so that everyone can see it. Even if you don't post it, frame your life in a good way in your head. Make sure that you're thinking of all the good things that you have. Don't dwell on the bad. Think of all the good things because I guarantee you, no matter how bad you have it, no matter how bad you have it, somebody has it worse. I get that there's always there's definitely going to be one person that has it worse than everybody just because you know trickle down effect that happens, whatever. I'm I'm sure that one person's probably not listening to this podcast. So just remember that no matter how bad it gets, no matter how bad the day was, no matter how mean your boss was, no matter how crappy your clients are, your employees are messing with you, your kids are driving you crazy, your car breaks down, even if your house burns down. Somebody else has it worse. Somebody else is having a worse day than you that day. Somebody's having a worse life than you at that moment. So no matter what happens, remember that. Now, back to the back to the podcast. Back to automation. Now, another thing that definitely drives another of the social pressures that definitely drives depression, and it does definitely for men. I can't really give you give an example of if it does for women or not because I'm not one, and um, it's just not something that I've really discussed with a lot of the women in my life. I guess I should I should talk to them about it, but uh, definitely for men, definitely for me, I know, definitely for people, men that I know, friends that I have, and that's the patronizing by friends and family and they're trying to be nice and they're trying to 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 do their best to support you and be nice and do all these things but it's just patronizing it really is it's you know it's the oh did you uh, how, how's everything going you know even though they know what's going on the, i mean they, they know if you've lost your job life's tough so the how's everything going speech or the, well, if you ever need anything, blah, 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 which, which is nice. Don't get me wrong. The sentiment is there. But every time that that happens, every single time you have in your mind, you're going through these thoughts of, ah, I lost my job. Everybody knows it. I'm a loser. I'm worthless. All these things go through your mind, right? But And they're they're doing they're doing what they think is right but in your head it feels like they're just beating you down about it and that's something that we have to change in people right we have to change if someone asks you if they can help you it's not 
patronizing. They're not trying to patronize you. At least most people aren't. Some people are. Some people are just dicks, and you know those people will just punch them in the face. I'm not actually saying to punch people in the face. I'm just joking, just to put that out there. Uh, but some people are just dicks, and you should ignore them and don't worry with it. But most people, good people, they're not trying to patronize you. They're just trying to help. So these people that are trying to help, you have to frame it in your mind and know that that's what they're trying to do. And it's not going to make it feel any better, and it's not going to make you any more employed, or it's not going to make you any more successful than you currently are, but just to be able to know that you have these people in your life that are willing to help and are there for you, that should make you feel good, not bad, so we need to change that in our head. And then the other thing that we need to do is, and this is... And this hasn't really happened to me much, um, but I know it's happened to friends because I've talked to them about it. Uh, it's that you know you your significant other. It doesn't. It, ne- it does not matter who they are, what gender they are, what race they are. Their friends will always have an opinion about you. Always, and they'll always make some dumbass comments because they don't know the whole story about anything. But they think they're clever. They're going to make some idiotic comments about, oh, did you find a job yet? Those people are only being that way because their lives are worse than yours. And because they need to be able to feel like their life is better by emphasizing what is going wrong with you at this moment. That's the only reason they're doing that. And once you think about that, and once you realize that in your head, that the only reason why they would ever point out what's going wrong in your life is if things were going much more wrong for them, and they needed to point it out to you so that they felt better about their life. So when someone says those things to you, especially because I know it happens a lot with judgy significant others' friends, where... And sometimes even judgy family, judgy family will do the same thing. Oh, did you get a job yet? Oh, did you do this yet? Blah, blah, blah. Just cut them out of your life. You know, I get it. They're the, the friends of your significant other. That doesn't mean you have to hang out with them. If, if it's, if there's something coming up and, and if it, if you have to hang out with them, my suggestion, what I would do and what I've told my friends to do is just to look at them, look at them in the face and say, listen, shit's rough. I get it, but if I were you, I wouldn't push this subject. And if they keep going with it, then you gotta you're you're just gonna have to cut them out of of your life. And if they if they get it and they move on, great, have a good time, you know. But those are people that you don't need in your life. Those are people that are unhappy with their lives, so they're going to do whatever they can to point out what's bad for other people, so it makes them feel better. And you don't need those people in your lives. But with all of that happening, right, all of those societal pressures, all of those things, they all drive depression. And there are certain things that we can do about that, and there are certain things that could come from that. So what can come from all these people being depressed? You know, we're talking about, well... All these people are going to be depressed, but what does that matter? Why does that matter to everyone else in the society that's doing just fine? You know, 70% of people still have their jobs, and they're doing just fine. It's just these 30% of people. Well, what what can happen? Well, first of all, suicide rate will go up. That's just a fact. 
Um, we already see evidence of that by 78% of, of suicides being white men. Um, so suicide rate can and will go up. Um, I'm sorry. I lost my place in my notes. <laughs> so the, the higher rates of depression from losing these jobs is the, we're going to cause that rate to go up. It sucks, but the bigger off the bigger problem I see, even though suicide is a huge problem, don't get me wrong, suicide is a huge problem. But the bigger problem that I see is we're gonna have the possibility, and I don't think this is necessarily going to happen. I just think it's a possibility. You know, people, some people are going to get pre- get get unemployed, get depressed, and get sad, and then they're gonna commit suicide. Happens every day. Some people are going to become unemployed, get depressed, and get mad. And those are the people that could resort to violence and could become a could become a, a violent militia in our society. Well, I shouldn't say militia, a violent group of people in our society. You know, one big example that I can think of, and and I don't want to in any way say right now that that I think that people that drive vehicles, people that that are in the autom- the 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 automotive industry, not automotive industry, but the transportation industry, I don't necessarily think any less than them. I don't think anything like that, but I do think that no matter what industry you go into, there are some people that can be pushed to this this section and if you get rid of every job in a in an industry when you're talking about five million people in an industry you get rid of every single one of them then this can happen so like i said i don't want anyone to think that i think poorly of people in the transportation industry look down on them at all i don't it's just an example of something that can feel i I feel could happen and i don't but i'm not singling out this industry it's just something that is coming up so one big example i can think of is from truckers losing their jobs to self-driving vehicles. About 5 million people are empl- are in this industry and they would be completely unemployed with it within 10 years, most likely because of self-driving vehicles. Now I can see some of those people, because like I said, even if it's 10% of those people that this happens with, even if it's only 10%, you're still talking about 500,000 people, right? So, even if it's only 5%, 250,000 people. I mean, there these are this is a lot of people. No matter what, you're always going to have a small subsection of these people that are going to turn to violence. No matter what, no matter what group you look at, doesn't matter if you if you even shut down every single church in the world, you're going to have a small group of them, maybe not even small, but a, a group of them that's going to turn violent. Going to happen does not matter what the industry is does not matter what the group is you're always going to have a small amount of the people inside that group that can and would turn to violence so what can we see happening from this well all of these truckers have just lost their jobs most of these are owner operators um a good a good portion of of drivers on the road are owner operators that means they own their own semi and they basically lease out their time to a company to transport their goods so let's think about that for a second. Now we have, let's say 30% of these people are owner operators. So 30% of these people are now 
sitting around with a semi in their yard that they can't do anything with, that they're having to make payments on, that they're going to lose to the bank because they can no longer make payments because they can't get any jobs. What's to stop these people from going out to the interstate and just parking them? Just, you know, get three, four, five guys together and just park them across the interstate. Just park them across the highways and stand there and, and stand there and barricade the highways because they lost their jobs. Because they have no way to make money and no way to feed their family and no way to support their lifestyle. What's to stop that from happening? Absolutely nothing at this point because we have no way to transfer their energies. We have no way to move them into other careers. And it's not just going to be those industries. It's not just going to be the ones that I listed. You know, every industry will be affected. You may not lose every job in every industry, but AI automation can do so many things that we'll be able to reduce the amount of staff that we have in every job. It doesn't matter what the job is. We won't need people to do clerical work. We don't need people to do data entry at all. We don't need people. These are jobs that can be done by a programmed machine to, to do those jobs. You have to program the machine one time. It does the job for the rest of its life and can even, in some cases, learn how to do the job better so it takes less time. So... If we then think about the fact that all of those positions are going to be, be taken out as well, now we have even more people out of jobs. So there's going to be less jobs in more industries with you know an extra 30 million people trying to apply to those jobs. And I say more industries, and this is, this is where I guess... I kind of lost myself whenever I was writing this, whenever I said, you know, less people in more, less jobs in more industries. What that means is that what's, what I mean by that is, you know, there are going to be more industries created by AI automation because there are going to be the people that have to program the, the, the automation. There are going to be people that have to, to repair certain systems. There are people that are going to have to, to sell these things. So these will be, these industries will be created but it's not going to be enough to transfer every single person that's being put out of work to these industries. So what do we do to get that to to be able to change these people's lifestyle in an, in enough way that when they come out of this when they come when they get they become unemployed because of these this automation when they when things like this happen what do we do now? To make sure that we don't have this depression, that we don't have, you know, an, a higher rate of suicide. How can we do this, right? And that's what I'm going to be talking about in the next episode. Um, things to be looking at from me is the fact that I'm going to be. It's like I said, I have a, a home um, renovation company and um, home repair company that I, I work with my dad at, and. I'm going to be making some videos of how you can do small things inside your house. So, for instance, changing a ceiling fan, outlets, um, electrical outlets. I'll show you how to replace a door. I'll show you how to do... There, There's a few things that I'm going to show you how to do so that people can learn how to do these things. So that, you know, if you can learn these, you can still make money no matter what. And you go replace a door. You go replace a door for a couple hundred bucks. I'm sorry about that. My dog is a butthole. 
and decided just to randomly bark for no reason. Um, but anyway, you can go replace a, a door, make a few hundred bucks. You can go replace a couple out, electro out, outlets, the same thing. Fans, same thing. Um, you know, ice makers or, you know, there are small jobs that every house needs done that most people have no idea how to do. Put on a, Putting on new door locks, putting on... You know, just doing simple things like that, that you can make quite a bit of money being able to do those things. And and so I'm going to be making some videos and teaching people how to do small tasks around your house that will get you to a point where you can at least make some money, even if your job does go away. Uh, but and that's that's kind of leading into what my next episode is going to be about. And it's going to be about the how do we prepare for the eventuality that this happens because it's going to happen, and uh, we're looking at you know job training and that's what I'm talking about with with making these videos, education, possibly looking at some sort of universal basic income, um, but the biggest thing is teaching people how to develop how to develop their passions and how to change what they love into something that makes them money right and something that can can be their economical source of income and be something that they love to do. Maybe we need to look at changing the economy. Maybe the, the economy based off of solely off of output is no longer what we need to do. Maybe we need to figure out a different way to, um, to evaluate what our, our economics is based off of. Maybe we need to figure that out. And we need to redefine what the role of a human is in this day and age. What is our role? Is our because our role is no longer to do menial tasks. We we're already replacing those. What is our role? What is our function? And how do we go forward doing that? And um, that's what the next episode is going to be about. The next episode is going to be how to prepare yourself for automation and how to um, change your mindset so that you can be successful even after AI takes over a lot of the jobs. So look forward to joining you then on the second episode of our AI automation series. I hope you have a great day, and we will be back as soon as we can. Bye-bye.